another week. This is insane. I don't believe how fast this is going. I swear to God, I just fucking did this. Um, no new sponsors, but the same sponsors. And um, if you guys want to sponsor us, please just email. Give me, get a hold of me on Instagram. I'm either Joy Eileen or you have Happy Endings Massage Cast. Twitter, um, joyhappyendings at gmail.com is our email. We also have a website. So if you guys would like to sponsor, I'm really looking for lotion sponsors right now. That would be super cool. Uh, also, any like CBD type oil or anything like that, I think that would be awesome as well. Um, we still have our sponsors, though. Uh, we have blueapron.com. And Blue Apron is super awesome. And with the holidays coming, I don't know if you guys are as stressed the fuck out as I am, but I am like, there is only... A, 10 days until Christmas. I've wrapped 13 presents. By the way, my very first job as I think I was a teenager. Well, I obviously was a teenager, um, but was gift wrapping at this really expensive place. It was like a bull in a China shop. They should not have hired me. And there was so much fucking China and I wrapped all this stuff. But because of that, I learned how to wrap really, really well. I know how to do my corners and shit. So when I wrap, my stuff is very professional looking. And, um, so I take pride in my wrapping, but I don't have fucking time for that shit. But blueapron.com will actually go grocery shopping for me. They will send me all the food that I need with a recipe. I don't even have to think about what I'm going to cook. They tell me what to cook. That Blue Apron is like dominatrix in a box for food. It's amazing. And if you go to blueapron.com slash happy endings, which is B-L-U-E-A-P-R-O-N dot C-O-M slash H-A-P-P-Y-E-N-D-I-N-G-S, you get 30% off your first box. How freaking awesome is that? Now, after being dominated by Blue Apron, you can go and have a smoke. Have a big cigar. Famous smoke shop. They um, See, I've never smoked cigars because um, anything that big and phallus filling in my mouth, I'm going to end up sucking on it instead of smoking it because that's just what I do when something like that enters my mouth. And then I would feel disappointed because I couldn't make it come. But... I don't know. Maybe if you guys want to teach me how to smoke a cigar and not try and suck it, um, let's do that. The Famous Smoke Shop gave us two promo codes, HOT20, which is H-O-T-2-0. Get $20 off a purchase of $145 or more. Or HOT10, H-O-T-1-0. You get $10 off a purchase of $85 or more. And then we have Handy App. Handy App is or one shop. Fuck, did that thing end? Handy App is my one-stop shop. For, um, sorry, my computer fucking went weird on me. Handy app, you can go and you can get somebody to clean your pool. You can get somebody to build the toys that you can't build for your fucking kids on Christmas. They can do everything for you. It's a super cool app. And if you go to Handy app and you use our promo code AppSave30, which is A-P-P-S-A-V-E-3-0, you get 30% off your first booking. How fucking awesome is that? And Shoe Dazzle. Because we all know I'm a shoe whore. I will walk around without clothes on, but God damn it, I will not be. Well, no, that's a lie. I massage barefoot. But other than that, I do like shoes. I'm a total shoe whore. Um, half, um, shoe Dazzle, if you use the promo code Happy Shoes, which is H-A-P-P-Y-S-H-O-E-S, you get $10 off your first box. They fucking mail shoes to you. So you could be dominated by Blue Apron. Then you could go and get a smoke. You could have somebody do your shit for you with awesome shoes delivered to you. Yeah, just make sure you don't get your blue apron and your shoes mixed up because that would be fucking sucky. And then the last but not least is Dollar Days. Dollar Days is a super awesome website where you can buy shit, not shit, awesome stuff in bulk. And you get lost in it because the amount of stuff they have in bulk is just, it's mind boggling. And if you use Happy Endings 20, which is H-A-P-P-Y-E-N-D-I-N-G-S-2-0, you get $20 off a purchase of $200 or more. Or Happy Endings Ship, which is H-A-P-P-Y-E-N-D-I-N-G-S-S-H-I-P, you get um, flat rate shipping for $9.95. Now, this episode is Cynthia Levin, and it was a very awesome episode. I fucked up her name like four times, and I might have just done it again. Um, but we go into her going on the road, and when she started out as a comic, we talk about Mitzi, who we all know is my favorite person. And um, it was just very cool. And then at the end, we went very spiritual, um, healing-wise, uh, not so much religious-wise. She is a Jewish woman, um, so she did have that part in her, but... 
uh, which is, I'm not saying anything bad about that. That sounded fucked up. Um, but what I'm saying is beyond the religion, it was talking about more spirituality and how you find yourself. And that was very cool for me. It was at the very end of the interview and I kind of wanted to keep going, but I had to go because I had a comment. I had a spot to do a set. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Okay. Okay. All right. And everything's adjustable. So let's get you all adjusted first. Okay. Okay. And if the face rest is too high, too low, tell um, me. And we can always adjust it during okay. too. If okay. it starts getting like too much. Cool. All right. Okay. And oh, I guess I should. I always forget to introduce, and it's like five minutes in, and I'm like, right. oh, by the way, guess who's yeah. on the table? Are we recording yeah. already? We are recording. Oh. <laughs> Get undressed, get on other sheets Ooh, you're in for a treat No, I promise this is not a dream It's just a happy ending with Joy Eileen So I have Cynthia Lemon on the table Levin Levin Yeah, that's okay Okay, but you have to remind me of your name too because our <laughs> I'm so Joy. Idiot. Joy. Oh, I did think it was Joy, but I thought it couldn't possibly be Joy. It's too easy to remember. <laughs> okay. Okay, so it's Levin. 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 Okay. Like Levin. Nice. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Less love. Less love. It's like Levin with that little bit less love. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Look at me being a professional. <laughs> I messed up um, Annie Letterman's name, too. Oh. And I felt so bad. What'd you call her? Liederman. Liederman. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I have... Because I've heard her, like, on the store before. Yeah. And, you know, I swear they announced her Annie Liederman. So I was like, oh, on the table, I have Annie Liederman. And she's like, it's Letterman. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to edit that <laughs> out. It's all right. <laughs> so have you ever had a massage before? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't had one in a while, though. Okay. So... And how are you with pressure? I'm okay. Okay, and you? I like you to punch it. No, I'm just kidding. That's sexy. That's so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> just punch my back. That should that should do me. Just jackhammer the shit out of it. <laughs> That's my kind of talk. <laughs> I hate it when they're like, "Can you be lighter?" All right. She's uh, well because they're probably all bones. Yeah, unless you want me to. Lighter. I'm a beast. No, you are not a beast. Well, well, anyway. <laughs> I'm not gonna disagree. Don't disagree. Just take it. All right. All right. So you've had massages before. Yes. Have you ever? I like to start off with like, have you broke anything ever? Have you been like crazy hospital trips ever? Like anything? I the only thing that's a couple things, but nothing much. So most recently, but that's also ten years ago, I had a pinched nerve in my neck. Okay. That was that, and uh, it's been fine and uh, since. The operation. Oh, you had an operation? Yeah, I had to have an operation. And that was 10 years ago? 10 years ago. Okay. 2008. And that was a really amazing experience. Not really. The drugs were good, but that was pretty much it. Um, And, uh, yeah, and that's pretty much it. And then I, you know, I I sprained my ribs a couple times. No big deal. Way back when, in my early 20s, um, when I was jumping, I jumped on my boyfriend's back. Okay. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't mean anything, does it? <laughs> Moving on. Were you fighting him? No. Oh. No. That would have been a better story. No, I just like, I like um, horsing around, as they say. Yeah, I like to get physical. Not in an aggressive way. Just like, you know, like play fight. Right, yeah. right. I, I have three boys at home, so uh, I do Yeah. It. How old are they? They are almost eight. 12 and 18. Wow. And the 18-year-old may or may not live to see 19. We will see. Really? Yeah. What's happening? Well, just boys. And he has a girlfriend who runs his life. And mm-hmm. They're so... God, I You mean him. you're going to beat the shit out of him? Is that why? Or is I, it yeah, oh, I see. He's just so dumb. I don't... Okay. They're so... I guess I... I mean, I know I was dumb when I was his age. I dropped out of college and moved to Texas for a guy I met online. Where'd you grow up? Madeira. Where's that? <laughs> Fresno. Oh, okay. Yeah, I dropped out of Fresno State and moved to Texas for a guy I met online. Uh-huh. And so, I like, I get it. You make stupid mistakes, but I just want to strangle him and be like, stop. 
Yeah. We it's, did that already. Yeah. It's hard to control. Yeah, in person. Yeah, it's wild. And you just watch, like, you watch, and you're like, I know exactly what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And they just don't like Yeah. But my seven-year-old loves me, so that's fun. <laughs> like, you're not allowed to grow up. That's funny. And you're going to be gay, and you don't know yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the mother-in-law in every relationship, and that sucks. Yeah. Well... If you're lucky, I guess. I mean, I'm a hundred, and I still have not anybody's. Nobody's my mother-in-law, so you know what I mean. Well, nobody. I, yeah. <laughs> Do you want a mother-in-law? Uh, sure. Of course. See, that's so. So you like you would want to get married? Um, I, I, I think so. Okay. Not a hundred percent. Um. It, you know, it's always the idea seems good. To have a companion sounds like a great idea. Um, a party sounds great. Looking pretty sounds great. Um, going on a honeymoon sounds great. Having uh, a commitment sounds great. So a ring. Oh, my God, a ring. So, I mean, you know. So, like, all those things are, like, all positivo. But then, uh, but then I think, I mean, and hopefully you would pick somebody... If there is, if it's a possibility, if it's possible that it's going to be like um, commit, committed, right? Uh, so that's what you uh, hope you pick somebody good. So I think that I have been obviously picky because I'm not because so many people have asked me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, just just one. I was engaged uh, to Freddie Soto. We exchanged ninety nine cent rings. He was a comic. Yes. Yeah. So that was pretty much the extent of my of my marriage situation. Now was it was it Freddie Soto that was best friends with Eleanor? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, uh, I don't know. Like I, you know what? I didn't get any of that. We went to Vegas. Uh-huh. My dress was on clearance. It was a red prom dress, and prom season was over. Why? Just because <laughs> I I don't like that attention. I don't like I don't a red. Why red? I don't. It's your like favorite red. color. Okay, I do fair like red. Okay. And did just, he know that was going to be the case? Did he? Did he? Or was he surprised? Was he like, I what the? Well, he was like, let's go get married, and I'm like, I gotta buy a dress, and he's like, wait, what? You? And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go buy a dress. How old were you? I was, when did we get married? I was 24, 25. I was 25 when we got married. Are you still married? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well done. And and you got married in a red dress, and it's still legit. Yeah. Okay. Well done. <laughs> but we also had a one-year-old. Uh-huh. And we also had his son, my oldest son, so Tyler would have been four, almost five, mm-hmm. and we had been fighting for custody for me, for him, uh-huh. from his crazy ex-wife. Uh-huh. There's always a crazy ex-wife. Lord, I was like, out of all the ex-wives you could have given me, you had to give me that one. So he's not crazy, your husband. It was no. only the wife's fault. Yeah, she I was love that. That's amazing. And then, like, I came in the picture, and he was having a hard time because she was absolutely, or probably still is. I don't know. We haven't seen her in quite some time. And um, I came in the picture, and I'm like, okay, we're done. We're not fighting anymore. I'm going to fix this. We're going to get your kid. You're gonna. He wasn't even divorced yet. I'm like, we're going to get you divorced. Like, we're done. Yeah. And I, like, took command. And for a while, like, our whole life was just getting his son. And then when we finally got all that done, the divorce done, we finally got the custody done, that's when I was like, hey, I want to do comedy now. Like, now I want to I wanna do me. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Oh, and How long have you been doing stand-up? Stand-up on and off for like three, four years. Okay. But nothing, like, I know everybody's like, you got to get up every night. And I'm like, I, I live in Santa Clarita, like driving here. It's like 30 minutes. Well, I mean, you can only do what you can do at the moment. So right. um, you find other ways of expression, right? I do. And yeah. Like, I try and make all my patients laugh. I'm the least <laughs> professional massage. I mean, like, as besides giving happy endings, like, I'm pretty oh my. non-professional. Yeah. I mean, is that professional, giving happy endings? I don't think so. I oh, don't okay. see how they could do it. Yeah. Nobody's ever asked me if I wanted one. I'm kind of offended. 
Yeah, I've been asked to give them. Of course you have. Like, yeah, workers' comp doesn't cover Tim's elbow, and these are my money makers. So sorry. And gross. Yeah. And gross. <laughs> no gracias. Because why? I I can't yeah. imagine like what a really pretty massage therapist has to go through. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like I'm just like a fluffy old mom. Like. Ah. <laughs> Like, you don't want one from me. And then my husband's like, I would never ask you for a happy ending. I'm like, well, screw you. Like, some people want it. <laughs> and he's like, no, I just know how strong you are. And I'm like, oh, point oh, taken. There okay. You go. There you go. Could you using your man brain. Yeah. So you guys are still together. That's We're really great. together. He's at home with the kids. What did she do? He works for the Navy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's civilian. Uh-huh. But he works for a Navy ship on, in Port Wainimi, and sometimes they go out to sea to test, like, weapons and stuff. Oh, wow. And single mom for, like, three or four days. Yeah. And then, like, it, I feel bad. I don't want to say, like, I feel like a military wife because they obviously have it way more than I do. But there yeah. are times when I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to be husbandless. All right, got to do this now. Yeah, 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 that's, that's rough. Yeah, and see, and as for, like, the ring, my ring is super small because I can't wear jewelry because mm. of the massage, so I have this teeny tiny wedding ring around my neck. Oh, it's around your neck. Yeah, and then the wedding ring, and then and my grandma's ring around my neck, too, and oh, we didn't nice. do a honeymoon either, so. So all the shit that is worthwhile about getting married, you haven't even done, so yeah. why bother? Exactly. Well, I got health so insurance. Kids and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just funny when people are like, I want to get married. I don't know. Like, why? I mean, yeah. besides health insurance and taxes. And all that, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm committed, yeah. and I don't want to go anywhere, and I would kill him if he decided to go anywhere. Right. So, but I'm just like, I don't know. And the fact that, like, I like the fact that I have the same last name as my kids. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know. I was just talking because my oldest wants to marry his high school sweetheart. And I'm like, why? Yeah. I don't, why? No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't even, you know, decide on a pair of gym shoes. Right. Um, I always end up bringing them back. So I can't imagine <laughs> making that decision. Uh, it's going to be a while. I think, I, I'm a Libra, though. I think they've said that we really have difficulty making decisions, and I really do. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but you made a decision to do comedy. Yeah, but that actually chose me. I didn't even have a choice. Oh, I love that. You know, I, I, um, I was dating this guy, and uh, this is, I, don't know, I was like 22, 23, 23. And uh, he was really rich, right? And he was like, hey, you should take this class. I'll, put, I'll pay the down payment on it. You know, you can, you'll pay the rest of it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I thought it was an acting class because I'm an idiot because I don't ask questions. And so then I <laughs> went to this class, and it turned out it was a stand-up class. And we just, like, went up on stage, and she started, Judy Carter, oh. she just started asking us que asking questions, and I was just answering her. And, and like, uh, it was like when I was up there, I was like, oh, my God, I just found my soul. I mean, for real. And, know, um, and, uh, and it kind of it saved my life. Stand-up saved my freaking life. So, because um, otherwise I'd probably be like, crying day and night instead of just all day. Right. Yeah. At least I had somewhere to go. I'd go like, uh, <laughs> oh my God, what time is it? Oh, I got to wear some. Okay, I'll wear that. And then I would just go. Um, so you at least have some hydration left in you. Oh, yeah. Loads. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so that's, um, yeah. And so that was in 1989. Oh, I love it. Yeah, nineteen eighty nine, September. And uh and I just uh just kept doing it and uh was addicted for sure. It was an addiction. Um, yes. Yeah. And do you travel? Um, I go through phases of traveling more and then not traveling and you know, that kind of thing. But really more I mean I've traveled because I've lived in London and mm -hmm. um traveled a bit there and then when I was living in New York I did that's when I did the road the most which was you know um, just all over the east coast um, and just would go out of town on the weekends okay and so in the, during the week I'd stay in town and on the weekends I'd go out and do you know 
the clubs are around all over the place um, and one-nighters as well too so um yeah and that was super interesting because you're meeting people who i mean i i actually performed for people who never met a jew before never really? never seen a jew before i mean they'd seen them but they never met one um yeah so they didn't really like me that much when I first got on stage. <laughs> first of all, I'm a female. Uh-huh. A female going on stage talking being a Jew and uh and that they were really thinking that we did have more. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. They were they were things that they they thought that probably looked weird. And um, so they were uh, staring at me and freaking out and then I always like to stick around after a weird show. Uh-huh. And, uh, like, my favorite story is, like, at the end of the show was in Pennsylvania. I, it, it actually took place in a barn. The show was in this giant barn. Like, it was super cool. Uh-huh. And, um, and, uh, that was the club. And, um, what am I saying? Oh, and so then they, first of all, when they introduced me, uh, they said a name, and they could tell it was a woman, obviously. And none of them clapped for me to go up on stage. Of course. Is that amazing? Uh huh. That's amazing. Not one person clapped for me. Oh my gosh. And then I get up on stage and they were staring at me and they were like, and they were all like real, real like people with missing teeth. Uh huh. Backwards. Uh, yeah. And most of them were in suspenders and overalls and um, uh, for real. And most of them were obese. Uh huh. Like. 96% of them. And then there was this one guy there that was hitting on me at the bar. I guess he was like the only slender guy in town. And um, and he told me. He Is said, that right? Yeah. <laughs> and he told me he's like tall and thin and like not ugly. Uh-huh. Like that was as far as, you know, I'd say. Um, but he was flirting with me and he's like, uh, before the show, he's like, hey, he's like, while well, the opener was on stage, he's like this guy who also got, who got a huge applause when he was, nobody knew who the fuck he was. Huge applause for that prick. And, uh, and, um, but anyway, so the guy's like, you know, he's like leaning over by me at the bar and he's like, he's like, man, he goes, uh, uh, I hope you don't talk about drugs. Do you talk about drugs? And I go, no. He goes, good, because the last girl that was here, she talked about drugs. They threw shit at her. Oh. And I go, really? He goes, oh yeah, they threw shit at her, the whole set. And I said, okay. And then I go, well, I don't talk about drugs, but of course I didn't realize that. I talk about sex, and then I'm a fucking Jew, and I talk about that shit. So I go up on stage, and no to no applause, and I started laughing just for that. Right. <laughs> and then I'm looking at them, and then I start laughing more, <laughs> because I got to see them all staring at me with fucked teeth and missing teeth, and... You know, right. they were each a double wide trailer unto themselves. It was fucking amazing, and I was it made me happy though. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I was like, this is brilliant. And then, when I of course I you know I didn't I wasn't smart enough at the time to adjust my set because I had a set that I did. You know, I mean I had like a few of them, but it's city sets and you've got road road material. You know, uh-huh. right? So I was doing the stuff that works. You know, on the road basically, and you know, mixture. So I started doing it, and and uh, like. <laughs> They were staring at me and then started shaking their head. They all just started shaking their heads, crossing their arms. They wouldn't give me nothing. I mean, it was amazing. So I do my whole set, and I was like, I was, you know, laughing and blah, 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 doing it, just like, because I got to see them. I did the whole thing. Got, you know, got a, I really don't think I got any, even any titters, but I was okay with it for some reason because of the experience. It was so extreme. Right, know? right. So I didn't feel like it was me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they didn't applaud for me. You know, they didn't know the fuck I was, and they weren't going to applaud. They weren't going to give no. anything, no. So I get off, and I just, you know, I was like, I was with my friend. I was like, man, I could totally walk out of here and just get, you know, it was snowing out. There was fucking huge snow banks everywhere, ice. I was like, we can leave and go to the motel, or I can stick around and find out what the fuck is going on in this place, right? Uh-huh. So afterwards, I, so I decided to stick around. And I'm really glad I did, because I'd like to change my experience, you uh-huh. know? And so the this guy, everybody's walking out of the show, and I was just sitting at the bar next to the only skinny guy in town. He was still hitting on me and wanted me to go to a bar with him afterwards, which, of course, we did. And um, <laughs> um, and uh, we went to a uh, – anyway, well, so, so before we go out with this guy, 
this uh, this man walks up to me. He was actually probably the only other thin man in town. He was about six foot five, uh, long black beard, black hair, suspenders. He was a wizard. He was interesting looking, you know, uh-huh. really tall. He looked like Abraham Lincoln. Basically. Okay. And he goes, uh, excuse me. I go, yeah. He goes, uh, and he wouldn't get really close to me. He mm-hmm. stayed about seven feet away from me, or maybe ten even. And he goes, uh, excuse me, but are you really a Jewish? And I go, uh, yeah, I'm really a Jewish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And he goes, uh, he was really quiet for a bit. He goes, well, there's a fellow I knew back in the army. He used to shine for shoes. He did a real fine job. He was a Jewish. And I was like, wow, that's great. You know? Right. <laughs> so basically, I was the second Jew he'd ever met. And the whole thing was that they really were afraid of me. Oh, my God. Not just that. I mean, first of all, that I was female, they... They didn't want me performing there. But then I'm a Jewish. They're like, no, we don't know what the fuck is in front of us. Anyway, so me and my friend went out with that this, the other skinny guy in town. And we went, to, took us to a uh, uh, bar that was in a double-wide trailer. Oh, and, my God. So you've been to a barn? Yeah. And now, uh, yeah, and, now that, and then we went to a bar in a double-wide trailer with a uh, cover band in it. Oh. And they played, uh, fuck, they played, like, all the best. Like, they were amazing. Oh, well, first I got my car stuck in the ice and the snow in the, in the ravine, and we had to push it out. <laughs> I love this story. Yeah, and then we got to go to the, to the bar in the double wide. Uh, and man, that was a fucking blast. Like, a fucking massive blast. So, like, that kind of stuff, if you could just relax enough to not, you know what I mean? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, can have some interesting experiences. Of, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, I actually did some other gig in like, uh, oh, it was, I think it was in Albany, actually. And uh, and uh, the uh, rodeo was in town. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I ended up uh, messing around with <laughs> with a, a bull, or the, uh, not, what did he ride the bulls? What do they call them? You know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the rodeo. The rodeo, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he rode the bull, and uh, and he also was the, uh, uh, but then he was in town doing the hosting that weekend, so he hosted the the uh, the bull rides. I don't even know what the fuck they're called, but anyway. Yeah. So he took me to the the next morning. He took me to the to the place, the big massive arena where they had the bull rides happening. Uh, that he was going to be announcing that night. And uh, I saw bulls, like, right next to my face. Oh my and God. all there was was, like, they were coming out of this giant truck. And there was just these, um, uh, there was there a string, like, as a fence, just a string. <laughs> and so these bulls not cross the string because they don't know the difference between something that they can cross and something they can't. They're just like, oh, yeah, I'm not touching that. Uh-huh. Yeah, forget about it now. There's that string there. Until so, Larry trips over it, and they're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, did you just see what he did? <laughs> yeah, so they were inside these ropes, you know, like like idiots waiting to get in a bar, you uh-huh. know what I mean? So they were, they were inside the ropes, and uh, and they just they just stampeded past my face. Oh, my god! And I was like, and they were so loud, and they were, and I was like, so big, and I'm like, oh, they're right next to my face, yet they wouldn't even, they wouldn't bother, you know, Right. they wouldn't hurt you. They don't know that they can. It's so interesting. That's crazy. Yeah, so that was interesting. So, you know, I got to be a cowgirl for a day. Yeah. You know, the Jew girl gets to be a cowgirl, and the <laughs> real dream come true. So, stuff like that is fun. Um, yes, I haven't been on the road yet but oh my god I want to go and play so bad where would you want to go honestly anywhere anywhere. they give me that damn magic talking stick like just just give it to me let me let me try and make you laugh what do you what do you like talking about I like talking about like real life yes I talk about my kids a lot yeah um I'm doing a bit right now where um sister-in-law she had a miscarriage of twins oh. 
So I, t- I talk about that. A bit about that. Yeah. Like, I basically, um, they say that miscarried babies are called angel babies, and I call them quitters. <laughs> <laughs> so I just go on and on about, like, how, you know, they didn't, you did everything right. They're the ones that dropped the ball, you know, and they just yeah. basically turn it around. And um, there is a comic who actually about a month ago had a miscarriage. Oh. And she somehow ended up on my chair. Wow. Because I was doing, I massaged in the green rooms at some of the shows. Oh, really? Uh huh. Uh-huh. And I was massaging and I was like, okay, where were you? I was at the goddamn comedy jam at the Roxy. Okay, I don't know what that is. Yeah. It's a Josh, one of Josh Adam Meyer shows. Okay. And she wasn't even performing. It was her husband performing. Uh-huh. And, but she was a comic as well. And she, I'm like, what is going on with your back? What is going on? And she's like, honestly, I just had a miscarriage. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, well, my sister-in-law. And she goes, yeah, but what are you going to do? And I go, oh, write a bit about it and talk about it on stage. And she's like, do you have a miscarriage bit? And I'm like, no, no. No. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, shut up. Why do you let yourself talk sometimes? No, but why didn't you tell her? I did. It's funny. Okay. I ended up telling her, and she ended up hugging me. Yes. And she was like, you need to tell this on stage because yes. it heals. Yes. Like, oh, exactly. So I like, I like those experiences. Like, I like being able to take something awful and be oh. like, hey, but we can still laugh about it, and yes. you're, we're still going to keep going, right? Yes, and you turn the tables on those babies. Right. And I, I mean, and then some people are like, I can't believe you're making fun of your brother's babies. And I'm like, yeah, I was devastated, too. Yeah. Like, because I'm done having kids. I was already planning on, like, going out, and we were going to go to Disneyland. And I'm like, I had plans for those kids. Of course. And then they decided, no. So... Screw them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, honestly, anywhere. Like, I'm so new to comedy, though, I feel that I just I just want to play. I, I love everyone. Like, everyone I've met, I mean, besides a few comics, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they've all been supportive and That's nice. Good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I forgot what you said. Yeah, but the older you are when you start, uh, and the more life experience you've had, the quicker you kind of your career, like you, you'll move up pretty quick. You know what I mean? Because you know who you are. Right. When you're young and you start, and you don't know who you are, it takes a little bit longer. Right. You know, because you got to find it. You got to find who you are and on stage. Yes, I kind of like model myself after Eleanor because I'm like, because I did the same thing. I love. We go to comedy shows all the time. Yeah. And I mean, I've always, anytime there was a chance to hold a microphone, like I did the graduation speech in high school. Yeah. Or anytime we were at a funeral and they're like, would anybody like to say anything? I'm like, I would. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something I like would. You. <laughs> so, and, you know, and we I'm just, not an idiot. Right? I'm getting up there. I'm going to make you guys I'll laugh. I'll say something there. I'm going to make you laugh in front of this dead body. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you, you've got like a very dark sense of humor that's kind of killer. Yes. And I mean, with three boys, like, you kind of have to because yeah, my house is just a disarray. Yeah, like I'm serious. I walked into your house and was all, "It's so pretty, like it's oh, so thanks. girly." And yeah, I would have Hot Wheels and dirt yeah. and boogers on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't like that. No, I, no. <laughs> well, I saw every time I go to my friends' houses over the years. Like a lot of my friends are like fucking slobs, and uh, I mean, really, uh-huh. you know. And so I would go to their houses and just clean up. I would clean. I would seriously clean. Yeah. That would take me hours to clean. Because I just had no... I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. Oh, this is not good at all. Let me do shit that you're not... Because you're so busy uh-huh. as a parent. Most of them are parents. Or my friends are just fucked up. A lot of friends are just fucked up. But, yeah. Uh, but, you know, they just... You know, like, because if you're... You know, whatever. So then um, I would just... That would be like... I was like, at least you're outside. Let me clean. Even right. Your insides are all fucked up. So, anyone's kidding. So, what are you saying, though? No, I just leave. I walk in and I see that they somehow decided to cook something and they made a mess, and I'm like, bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dad's coming home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love you. Like, ugh. It's, yeah, and they're just so dirty. Boys are just dirty little. Like, yeah. Blah. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh... Yeah, I was talking to um, Natasha. Legero. Yeah. And I was like, your daughter is beautiful. 
she's all, thank you. And I go, I have boys. Like, my husband's penis only shot girls, or only shot boys. And she's like, oh, my God, I bet boys are dirty. I'm all, it's so nasty. <laughs> oh, it's so nasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. You're like, you have no control. What are you going to do? You just have to, like, roll with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm also the crazy mom. I'm like, oh, my God. Ah, ah, ah. And yeah. my husband's like, why? Why are we doing this? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. But, ugh. Yeah. I just stepped on something sticky. Like, why? <laughs> I work at the comedy store. I step in enough sticky things right, there. Right. I need to bring it home. So where's your favorite place to do comedy? Uh, I really love working at the store, actually. I really love doing the OR. Right. It's, fun. Uh-huh. it's fun. I love value, too. And the main room I like, but I feel like it needs... I need to dim those lights. They're just so bright. I feel like I'm fucking performing at a kid's party. Right. The whole fucking place is lit up like a goddamn Christmas tree. Seriously, it's like a circus in there. And I love the room. It's such a big stage, but it needs to be... The energy needs to be... Like Brian Holtzman dims the lights for himself, and I I get it. So if they give me a spot there again, I'm going to ask them if I can do that. Uh, Not that pitch black, but at least... Demo because there's no focus. You need, as a comic, as you know, you need like some kind of like a, you know, the the light. Mm -hmm. Lighting is important and it needs to be kind of zeroed in. Yes. And if it's general lighting, you're like, it's really hard to get to a zone. Yes. Like a real zone. And uh, so, anyway, that's. Yeah, uh, I also do this character Linda Love. She can she can deal with that shit. You know, she can handle it. But um, she doesn't give a fuck about anything. I love uh, her. Yeah, <laughs> but because um, she's done the main room and uh, she had no problem. And I mean, I I like it, but I really do. I think it'd be better if it was lights and lights, just a little bit darker in there. Right. I know, like Argus, he turns He's it all in. down. Yeah. And when I'm delivering chicken tenders, I'm like, shit. <laughs> like, I, it goes to the point where I just set them on a table and be like, I hope these are yours. Goodbye. Oh, that's so funny. That's really funny. Yeah, I'm friends with, like, all the waitresses. Like, like Lee and Drina and Jen. Mm-hmm. I used to live with them. Oh, did you really? Yeah. So, we're like, uh, I, when I moved back to New York in 2005, because I was there from 2000 to 2005, and I moved back, and I moved in with them, and uh, they're like my buddies, because I knew them, obviously, before I left. We were really close. No, they don't do comedy, do they? No, no. They were just waitresses in La Jolla. Okay. So that's how I met them. La Jolla was always my favorite place to go. I've never been to La Jolla. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just, I just liked it because I was not in L.A., and it was, you know, it just seemed like... Nothing was at stake. I don't know. I'm not talking about the comedy club, but I'm talking about just like it's like a place to relax, going uh-huh. out to like Pacific Beach and you know hanging out with those guys. Right. Just fucking off. Oh my god, it was so great. Now, were you ever around when Mitzi was around? Oh yeah, yeah. I became a regular in '94. Oh my god. Yeah. So I, I but I was started performing at the store in '89. Okay. In the Valley Room. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because Missy is kind of my hero. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I have a dog named Missy. Oh, like, you named it after her? I did. I also oh. have a dog named Farley. So, um, Chris Farley? Yeah. How oh, funny. Not that I'm like into comedy or anything. No. That's <laughs> hilarious. And I was telling Eleanor, I was like, yeah. I have a dog named Mitzi, and she's like, what color is she? I'm like, black, and she's like, you're not nice. I'm like, I know. I didn't mean to. That's funny. But that's awesome. I'm, yeah. You know, I, I love Mitzi. She was like, she was like a mom to me. So sure. she, is she the one who passed you? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you have a good story? Because I love Sean Polofsky's story. What was Sean's? Sean's was, she was in La Jolla. Yeah. And Mitzi was there, and you know how, like, when um, comedians would showcase, they'd all kind of like bombard Mitzi to try and sabotage you. 
Well, yeah, while she was up, while you were performing, yeah, right. they go and sit next to her and fucking talk into her ear. That's uh-huh. what they were doing all the time to people, yeah. So, Sean, I guess because she was in La Jolla, nobody was able to yep. do that. Yeah. And she had like a 15 minute set. Yeah. She came off stage, and Missy's like, because um, Sean did a Barbara Streisand impression. I know that bitch. She made fun of Barbara. <laughs> she doesn't know who the fuck she's dealing with. I always yell at her when she does that. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, she does look like her, but she's making fun of her. I'm like, you can't make fun of her. Just be her and be nice about it. Come on, it's so rude. Anyway, keep going. And um, Mitzi goes, Barbara, call in your avail. <laughs> You're funny. Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, and that's funny because when I walk into the store, I'm always like, I always like, hi, Mitzi. <laughs> you probably wouldn't think I was funny, but damn it. <laughs> yeah. It's sad that like you'll, I'll never know. Yeah. You know, which is probably a good thing. And Adam and. Uh, every time Adam's around, I just do something extremely stupid. I don't know. Like, my awkward radar just goes off the chart. <laughs> so he's never going to pass me. And I understand. Why do you say that? Well, the first time I met him, he was standing next to me. And I was like, oh, you smell good. And he goes, thank you. And then he turned around and walked away. I had no idea who it was. Oh, uh-huh. And all the comments were like, Joy, that's Adam. You're not supposed to talk to him. I'm like, I did you're not supposed to talk to him. Yeah. Why aren't you supposed to talk to him? I think because people, he just doesn't deal with people trying to get spots or anything. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay. don't you work there? I deliver chicken tenders, so oh. not really. Like, okay. I for see. two days a week. Okay, know? gotcha. Uh-huh. And then that one time I was walking by and I ran into his table with my thick thigh and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's like, it's fine. Well, should I call you my liege? What should should I bow? Like, I don't know. What do we do right now? And he's like, you're fine. I'm like, okay. Is that what you said to him? Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> and then oh, and then the last time I was talking about Argus. Yeah. And because you know he gets the nine fifteen spot in the main room. Right. And I was like, he must just have an amazing like schlong. Why? Because he must have given it to Mitzi so well that he still has that 915 spot. Listen, he was blonde hair, blue-eyed. Right. Okay, she's a Jew. Just, let's just, that's it. And he had a southern know. accent. He was everything that Mitzi wasn't. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, yeah. It's a fucking win-win. And he was willing. So, what the fuck? <laughs> Plus, Mitzi was gorgeous, too. Oh, she was. But, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, we're just, we're always after the opposite. We're like, oh, you're going to, if you like me, that means that, uh, you know, we'll come full circle as a Jew. I don't know what that fuck I'm saying, but you know what I mean? I got you. If you get a non-Jew to like you, like that, like a blatant obvious, it almost makes you not Jewish anymore. <laughs> we're such a self-hating, but she actually liked being Jewish. And she liked, she embraced her religion, though. Right. Yeah. And, um... So I turned around and I was I had chicken tenders in my hand and I was walking to deliver them and I go or and I turned my head like all the way around while I was still walking. Yeah. And I go, or he just told jokes to her pussy. Ha 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 and I turn around and Adam is like two steps from being collided into. <laughs> and he just looks at me and I'm all oh, <laughs> all right. So yeah, just everything Does I Does he do, know you're a comic? think so. Do you do potluck? I've done potluck where he's been in the back. Okay, well then he knows, yeah. Yeah, and that I actually did the quitter baby joke, and he supposedly put down his pen, so I was like, oh, he was watching me talk about miscarriage. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. That's funny. Yeah. The story's my favorite. I know. We give that place a lot of power, but it is a really cool place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, Polly doesn't seem to embrace. Like, is Polly Jewish? Polly has to be Jewish, too, though, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. No, but he's he doesn't, uh, he, he's not self-hating, though. He doesn't, no. Uh, and I don't think that he was raised that way. I think they were really raised to embrace the religion. Right. And, uh, and, you know, confident, be proud of who they were. Like, I think, I think the whole family's like that. Okay. Um, I never thought about that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you know, it's you know when you're a ethnicity or religion that has had a lot of um, 
hatred coming towards it, and obviously, you know, uh, it the way we protect ourselves is to make fun of ourselves first before you do, kind yeah. of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why that whole self-deprecating and you know self-hating Jew comes from. And so, would you rather be a victim or would you rather be with the bullies? Well, of course, you'd just rather be with one of the bullies. So right, I'll cut myself down and I'll you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So makes, you know, yeah. So, anyway, blah, blah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so my story was uh, that I was up in the Valley doing a show in uh, John Mulroody. Do you know who he is? I do. So, he was one of my favorite, is still one of my favorite comics. And uh, I was friends with him, and he went down and brought me to upstairs to watch me without telling me. Oh. And so... I was, you know, I had a good set. I at the time I think I was pretty much always having good sets because I was too dumb to know better. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he, yeah. So then after I came off stage, I was walking towards the back of the room, and Bitsy's standing there, and she goes, she goes, hello. She goes, you know who I am? And I go, yeah. And they started laughing. She goes, I'm Mitzi Shore. And I go, I know. And she goes, uh, congratulations. You're a paid regular. And she goes, you know what that means? And I go, yeah. And I start laughing. And she goes, she goes, call into Scott Day on Mondays. Uh, she goes, congratulations. It was great. So that was that. I was just like. And she was always really nice to me. Always, I always. Love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, she was. She believed in me, and I think she believed in me when I didn't believe in me. Nobody, my no, nobody, my family believed in me. Uh, you know, basically the opposite. So uh -huh. it was. Uh, it meant a lot. It meant a, it meant, was huge. But I also didn't completely believe it. I didn't really believe that. She liked me. I didn't really believe that I was good. You know, any of that. Uh -huh. I just didn't have any uh, confidence. Uh, so it took me about 30 years okay. to get confident. Okay, so uh, there's light at the end of the yeah. day. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Always, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, uh, yeah, it took me a really long time to... Uh, I mean, I just realized that some guy came up to me the other day and said, Hey, um... You know, I uh, he's like I, I forget. He's like, oh, did you go up tonight? I said, yeah, I was up in the main room or whatever. I go, it wasn't my favorite, but whatever. And he goes, oh man, he goes, you're you're great. And I go, is you kidding me? Oh, because I was trying to introduce. I go, what's your name? And he goes, Homer. And I go, I'm Cynthia. And he goes, he goes, I know who you are. I've been watching your career for years. I go, really? And he's like, yeah, of course. And it's funny because like. I think that I've spent all these years thinking that nobody even saw me. Do you know what I mean? Uh huh. It's really interesting, but it's it's changing. It's shifted, but I only it's a it's a funny way to live. But that's how I've been. You don't think you, you know? Mm hmm. So, um, but yeah. So I started talking to a friend of mine who go, reads people's akashic records. Do you okay. Know what, you know what that is? I do not. Basically, it's like your Akashic records are your past, present, and your future. And what it is is, is that these, the, your guides, like everybody has spirit guides, like your, they're called masters, teachers, and loved ones. Loved ones are people who have passed on okay. in your life. And um, masters are like like Buddha and Jesus, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Mother Teresa, maybe, you know, and teachers are just like basically guides that were put there for you to that, you know, that know how to help you, yeah. you know, they get you. And I never knew much about this. You know, people talk, oh, I might talk to my psychic. I was always like, oh, okay, good for you. You know, like I didn't really get it. Uh -huh. But basically what I come to know is, is that we all really do have guides that are there just for us. They're just there just for us. And when you hear those voices, those, you know, that we think is our gut, mm -hmm. those are your guides. That's your, you know, it's your, it, that's your, 
instinct, but it's also your guides talking to you, telling you, you know, uh-huh. and if we listen, um, and it sounds weird, I know, but um, my friend started to study it, got a certificate, and I was the first person he started to do it with, and it kind of changed my life because, you know, you can ask them, it's like if you acknowledge them and ask them questions, they can help you. But they can't help you if you don't acknowledge their presence, you know? Uh-huh. And they don't intervene necessarily. I've had divine intervention, which was from them at four different times in my life, though. Like, you know, at four years old, I was visited by, like, a spirit, like, telling me I was going to be okay because things were already not so good. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that I was going to make it. And that, you know, and that, uh, that I was visited again. Uh, when I was living in New York and drinking my brains out in uh-huh. my early 20s. And I heard a voice saying, move back to L.A., like really loud. Uh-huh. When I was on a plane to go back to L.A., just for like, I was going to go back there to go and then drive back to New York with a friend of mine. And it was like, you, you know, when you hear the voice, you can't go, no, never mind, I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. You can't, there's no, you just go, okay. <laughs> and uh, so... And then I, when I heard a voice, when I was in Chicago in 2010, after I went to Mexico with my family. I'm going to flip you over. Okay. But it was so stuffed. I yes. I can't even hear me anymore. Your lymphatic system is moving. Uh, great. Oh, and scoot down. Down. Okay. Yeah. Please. Are you having fun? I am. I'm so interested. I can't. I hate to hear what happened <laughs> in Mexico City. Well, it was a nightmare. So, um, 23 family members, and, uh... You might want to scoot down. I think I have to. Otherwise, my head's going to be on the floor. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyway, I came back. It was a nightmare trip. And, uh, came back, and I was like... It was New Year's, and I was in the shower, and I was like, God, it's really been great to see my family again, and be, live, be in Chicago again. But I got it, and I heard a voice say, move to London. And it was like, huh? And I could not not do it. It was like my whole world opened up all of a sudden. And uh, it's like, like I said, you can't go back from it. You just have to, I was just like, well, uh, okay, you know? Because uh-huh. um, once you've been shown something, you can't unsee it. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And once something's been opened up to you, you can't act like you didn't have this opening. It's like, you're, you know? Yeah. So... So then I did. I worked my ass off and saved money, and I moved to London, and it was fucking amazing. For four years I was there, and uh, I didn't really think I was going to be there forever. But I was, you know, I didn't make that decision one way or another. But uh-huh. I had, I met the most amazing people in the world. They're most amazing people that are still very, I'm very close with, loads of them. And uh, so I did stand up there and taught acting there and did acting there. It was kind of cool. So that's it. And then um, it was time to come back here and fucking dig in and, you know, start stepping into the things that I had done, all the work I had done prior to going to, you know. So, but anyway, but the thing about the angels, or the guides, they're called, um, when I, you know, it's almost like you ask them a question and they really have answers for you and you can, and it's like, and they, they do know what's going on with you. You know what I mean? It's, uh-huh. it's really brilliant. Um, and it has changed my life because I don't feel like I, I, you start to realize that you're not alone, you know? Uh-huh. And, um, and that, and what your, your guides want is only what's best for you. They only want, they only want good. Only. Right. So there's not like, there's no judgment. They're not like, Oh, you should have, you know, it's nothing. It's just all love, all support, all just for you. And it's really amazing. There's actually a woman named uh, Esther Hicks, and she goes by the name Abraham Hicks because that's who, like, she calls when they speak through her. Uh huh. And um, you can listen to it on YouTube just to get an idea of what the hell we're talking about. Okay. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's it just it just kind of lets you know that um, you're you know we're not. Not just that you're not alone, but that 
somebody want, they're here for your for your highest good. You uh-huh. know, you talk about higher self, spirit self, true self. They're like that's you know, it's basically them. They you know, they connect you. They're I, I'm not really sure, you know, like your spirit self, but they're um I feel like it's one and the same almost, you know. Uh-huh. Um how long have you been seeing your well how long have you been seeing? It's just doing on the phone, you know. And because uh-huh. uh, he lives in Florida right now, the poor bastard. But no, <laughs> but uh, uh um, only for like literally two months. Yeah. Yeah, maybe three. And oh. um and seriously the shifts have been massive, massive, like unbelievable. And everybody, you know, and I teach acting as well and like and I talk about it in class and uh-huh. um and seriously people have been shifting too, just even talking about it and just you know, um and we can all ask questions of our guys, just even just like ask and, uh-huh. and just being quiet and listening to hear what you know they have to say to you. But right. it's like it's been um, it's you know because I didn't really have much family like love whatever support uh-huh. like my 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 TV pilot that I wrote is called Unprepared for Life. Okay. Yeah. So because I never got guidance uh-huh. growing up, and so it's this the first time in my life I've ever had somebody say, "This is what you need to do." This is, you know, we uh-huh. believe in you, like... This is the smart choice. Yeah, yeah. Never, never anything. Oh. <laughs> so, it's like, oh, thank God. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, because you feel like, well, at least I do, yeah. I feel like I'm just swimming, and if I hit something, yes. I'm like, oh, what? No, I don't want that. That's to. right. Ooh. That's uh-huh. right. You That's know? right. And so, it's amazing, and it's very... To have guidance like that. Right. It's not just me. Everybody, I've let him talk to friends of mine and a couple of students of mine. Uh-huh. And they, they were like, she did Lee, too. Oh, did Yeah. Um, and she's like, yeah, we've done everything I already knew, but, like, it's true. But she's shifted already. I've uh-huh. already seen her shift, you know. And, uh-huh. you know, not once is probably not enough, but it's certainly amazing. Adam Barnhart did it. Uh-huh. It's amazing. He's like, oh, my God, I can't even tell you how different I feel. It's like. You know. Uh-huh. No, that's all. I I mean, in a weird way, I kind of feel like, because I was like, how am I doing comedy right? Because I'm starting to go towards that more darker, like, yeah, right. Yeah. And when I did the miscarriage joke in front of somebody who just had it, and she was like, please keep doing yes, that. Yes, that's right. It was, That, yeah. to me, was just like, comfort. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, you know what I say? Like, you know, you're a good person, right? Yes. And, and so, if you're, you're, you're yeah, that's right. right. Okay. But if you're like, you're a good person, then you can trust whatever, that if you're coming from, that you trust that you're coming from a good place with whatever it is you decide to talk about, that nothing is off limits as long as you're coming from a good place. Right. So, and, you know, if you can talk about stuff like that and see the humor in it, where most people can't, mm-hmm. it's a gift. It is. It's a gift. Yeah. It's, I get, yeah. That's very interesting. In two months, how many times well, have you? I've, I've probably spoken to him like, well, you know, because he doesn't mind doing it for me. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so it's like, I mean, I'm really grateful to him. It's really weird, but he's always been this person that's been in my life. Like when I was in London, he was like that person I talked to all the time, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I probably, I probably see about ten times now. Okay. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, it's been. Incredible. And where do you teach acting? Um, I teach at Anthony Mundell Actors Workshop. It's like the number one acting studio in LA, or at least it's won awards the last six years in a row for the best acting studio. And uh, I taught for them in London, and uh, that just sort of fell into it. I was living there. It's an American school in London, American uh-huh. Acting School. And it was really small at the time in London. And this guy, a mutual friend, this girl I knew in Chicago. She connected us, and he was, the head, he was like the master teacher, what they call it, because uh-huh. he was teaching master class. And um, he's like, we should be working here. Like, we got together for some pizza, and he's like, we should be working here. I'm like, all right, do it. You know, because I used to teach acting on my own uh-huh. for years. So um, so it ended up, it's been amazing. And so I met the most brilliant people, just uh-huh. teaching them from all over the world. I love that. Yeah, and they're amazing. And we're all close, and uh, you know, thank God for the internet because we're, we can't, we we talk, we connect, mm-hmm. we send messages. You know, I get to watch them work and videos, and like, yeah, we come here and visit. You know, that kind of stuff. And uh, I've been back a couple times already. 
So yeah, it's uh, it's kind of great. I love that. Yeah. And I teach here in L.A., which is funny because it's so different from London. Because like in London, they're not about their egos are not is on fire as they are here because here you're in Hollywood, right? Uh-huh. The business is 24-7. There's this urgency. Uh-huh. I got to make it. And so like if they get a, you know, if they're not, they're not in that place. They like any kind of criticism or, you know, it's not even criticism. It's like, we're trying to get you to grow. I think there's a lot, there's a lot more resistance here. It's uh-huh. like, what? I'm, I'm, yeah. Okay. 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 I'm, all right. I get it. I get it. You know what I mean? As opposed uh-huh. to, Oh, I'm open. I'm really interested in growing and changing and learning without ego, you uh-huh. know, because that's how we have to do it. Let's get the ego out of the way. So, I mean, it, it, t- it took me a minute, you know what I mean, to adjust because it's such a different world, London. Um, and there's more pressure here, so it's fair enough, you know, mm-hmm. that they feel like that. But, um, so now, though, it doesn't feel like that at all. I feel like I've stepped, I know who I, you know. You yeah, that. I found how to do this, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. where I'm not forcing them into, you know. Um, I think, I mean, I think it's intense for some people, but, uh, but for the most part, it's been pretty amazing yeah so, I can imagine the acting part is intense yeah yeah and you know I because I talk about ego a lot because I, I also learned that in London too I worked with this girl who did the shadow work which is like it's a Carl Jung type of thing mixed with some other things mm-hmm. and um, it's all about getting in touch with your shadow selves and um, which are those parts of ourselves that we've shoved down mm-hmm. like she was talking about I shoved that part of me down uh-huh. <laughs> before she left uh-huh. well when something traumatic like we're all born like perfect spirit things with every have access to every trait and every emotion that's how we're all born basically perfect and then when something traumatic happens to us our ego jumps up to protect us and mm-hmm. it says oh and whatever that person, that trait that that person carries, that was negative, right? Uh-huh. We just make an unconscious decision. I'm never going to be like that. Uh-huh. And then we go in the total opposite direction. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we become like if somebody's controlling, we end up being doormats. You know, like uh-huh. people get walked out and say yes yeah. to everybody. And, uh-huh. You know, so it always ends up being at the expense itself. So, um, and so as an actor and also as just a happy human being, you basically want to be able to get back in touch with that. Right. So right. you have to acknowledge those parts of yourself that you shove down and let yourself and get in touch with like your opinion of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like who are people who are controlling? You ask that question. Well, they're, uh, they're manipulative. They're mean. They're selfish. They're whatever it is mm-hmm. from your perspective. You get in touch with that. And then you say, what happens to people who are mean, controlling, manipulative, don't care about, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, people don't like it. Well, you just sort of take it, and then what happens to them? And then what happens to them? And then it basically, it sort of ends with, they end up dying alone. Very but you well. get into a lot of feeling in the midst of all that. And when you do that, the only way we can change ourselves is by in feeling, not in brain. Mm-hmm. It takes seven years for, for the, something, for us to change something in our brain. Okay. Seven years. But if we change in feeling, it just shifts right away. It takes six seconds. Okay. So, so if, if you, as long as you get into feeling about it, now you take it back unconsciously mm-hmm. into your conscious. And so now you're like, oh, I know what that is. So you have control over it. But when something's in our unconscious, we have no control. We don't know it's there. Mm-hmm. So how can we do anything about it? Right. We don't know about it. Right. So it's kind of like addressing old beliefs and old opinions that we have that we don't even know we have from mm-hmm. our childhood. As soon as you do that, which literally takes minutes, you you have a new awareness, huh. and you sort of neutralize that trigger for yourself, and right. like avoiding people that are controlling. And I'm never going to be controlling. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, right, and because what you want to do is be able to have access to all parts of you, so you can be a free spirit, right? right? And love, but you love all parts of you instead of hating uh-huh. parts of you and hating othering everybody else in the world that's like that. Mm-hmm. You just you know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So that's the idea. And then you could sort of be you without apology. Okay. And you can effortlessly go in and out of different aspects of you because we need them all. Right, right. Right. So anyway, so that's the point. And as an actor, obviously, you want to be able to, to play different traits and different emotions. You have to have them, right, right. without judgment. Right. Otherwise, you have judgment on them. So I do a little process with people have judgment on a character. And then I do that. And that thing that I just said to you, uh-huh. you know, like, okay, okay, what else do you, okay, so what do you know now, what else do you know, what else do you know, uh-huh. and it always ends up something new, like, oh, well, they, they're good people, and they, you know, they, 
maybe love to and like change their perspective right. on that trait like like mm-hmm. that. It's amazing. It's amazing. So isn't it? That is so amazing. So anyway, that's what I learned in London and so that that's what I did for myself and you know. Right. Um, and now I teach that and so it's been an evolution. It's huh. so interesting. Is there anything you want to plug or anything? Oh well. Um <laughs> Do I want to plug anything? I'm doing the belly room on Sunday night at a barnhouse show at 8 o'clock. I'm doing the original room tomorrow night at 1 a.m. Please come. But this is probably not going to air until that was one. <laughs> um, yeah, come just watch the for the comedy store and um, all that random shit. I can't remember where I go. There you go, because I did something right. <laughs> you did something right. I did something right. Yay. Yay! How was that for you? It was amazing. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to pause this. All right, that was the episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please like, subscribe, comment, send emails, joyshappyendings at gmail.com. Like us, get us on Instagram, we're MassageCast or Happy Endings, uh, Twitter, anything like that, any of the support. I really appreciate it. And until next time, guys, have a happy ending.